Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and I am super excited to welcome someone I met at the Bad Sydney Crime Festival, and we just hit it off with nonsense and silliness and inappropriate jokes. And here we are. Stella Glory is an interviewer extraordinaire for 30 books. You can find her channel on YouTube. She's a writer of nonfiction, a comic writer, and a broadcast, and just a fabulous human being. How are you, Stella? I'm very well, thank you, Danny, and um, thanks for having me on the program. And we are not going to talk what happens in Bad Sydney stays in Bad Sydney. Yes, it has to. RWR McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> we did meet at a beer garden uh, before the Bad Crime Sydney Writers Festival what, that we you know, went to and we panelled and you interviewed and it was just a glorious time. And, you know, what happens at when you get a bunch of crime writers together and crime lovers together and you stick them in a bee garden after we've been locked down for two years, Stella, what else could you possibly expect? Well, do you know, they're very nice people and I have said it before that crime writers, for people who write such gruesome plots and happenings and you know, gruesome works, they're very sunny people and exceptionally, like, objectionally, if that's the word, good-looking. They're very fun and they're lovely people. I think yes. they might get all their angst out on the page so when you meet them they just want to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. But there were some amazing people at this festival and this beer garden. Who were you really excited to meet? Oh, I was really excited about seeing Robert Gosh as Solari Gentle. I was very yeah, excited she's lovely. to see And I was really excited to see you. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast and I was actually nervous, but we'll talk about that later. But Robert Gosh, so in Melbourne there was a cult cartoon, a little strip in the EG 
called The Adventures of Naked Man. Oh. And aside from being a crime writer, he is this amazing drawer and he used to draw this tiny little cartoon, The Adventures of Naked Man, and people had to write in every week for the um, the caption. And it was very, everyone was in very 1930s, 40s gear, being very English, and there was always a naked man and something was always hiding his groin. And when I saw Robert Gosh, I think I might have had a champagne and I just kind of threw myself at him. <laughs> said, you're Robert Gosh, you wrote Naked Man in case he forgot. I think I missed that moment where you were throwing yourself at him. I'm so disappointed, Stella. I was oh, really excited to meet Lin Yao, and I hadn't met Lin Yao before. I was really excited to meet Mark Brandy. I'd spoken to him a number of times and I hadn't met him yet. I'd met Anna before and Candace, and I love RWR. He's such a beautiful human being. Um, and you know what? I'd met Sarah, but not uh, years and years ago, Sarah Bailey, and I hadn't met her since reading her books because I'd met her when I was with Jack Heath, we were just out, and I, but I hadn't read her books. And then now I've read her books and I was such a fan of hers and I've spoken to her a number of times on the podcast. And I just love Sarah Bailey a lot. I don't know if I was being weird, but I just wanted to give her a big hug because I feel like I love her a little bit. You were being weird, but <laughs> we were all being weird. I was being I, weird. We were all being weird. <laughs> I like still to console up. myself with that thought. <laughs> So, Stella, are you nervous? What? I don't understand. I was nervous about you. Why? Because you do this podcast. Um, yes. Yeah. And you're so cool, calm and collected. <laughs> and I never use the word cool. I use it very sparingly. <laughs> it's a word I actually object to. That's so funny. You know, so do you was, I, was I okay when you met No, you were very snooty. No, you were lovely. <laughs> you were lovely. Snooty. I don't even know how to be snooty. You know, Maybe we giggly. all say that behind your back. Snooty <gasps> anyway. No, I think, no. It's that's... about time you knew. It's about time you knew. See, no. if you said annoying, I'd believe you. Oh. If you said loud, I'd believe you. But snooty, I can't even believe that. So we played a similar game to this, but I'm going to clean it up. Oh, now, if you, you had to be talked about behind your back, if mm. there was is an adjective, what what would you want? And it wasn't, it's not allowed to be complimentary. Oh, what okay. Like to be Ooh, you are, you like ask them. these weird questions. I think, um, I think, it, oh, so you, an insult. Okay, well, a lot of people like to insult me about being an only child, so I don't really care about that. So I think it's funny that people can judge you about being an only child, so go for it. You know, selfish, narcissistic, all those things that supposedly come with being an only child. I know for people who can't see this because it's a podcast, Stella has a very shocked face. I'm the youngest of eight. Oh, are you? Trust me. <laughs> I'd rather have been an only child. <laughs> Well, you only know what you know, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> um, I'm not sure that somebody who spends their time so generously talking to writers could really be honestly called narcissistic. Oh, Stella, this is why I love you. And this so, is why we uh, became... Look, uh, personally, I want to be called snooty. You can, Okay, you can be snooty. I'll be mm. annoying only child. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And this is why we became instant friends, Stella, instant 
friends. And then I, I sought you out again when we were at the festival after the beer gun. I was like, hello, you, let's hang out. You made me interview out the back. I did. That's what I really liked about you were like, no, let's do it, let's do it now, because I was kind of bumming and up. I'm a bit of a let's do it person. Yeah, mm. good way to be. I don't know. Maybe it's also annoying. I don't know. Um, now, I think we need to talk about you, Stella. We've gone on this gigantic tangent. Now, 30 books, that's you. What do you do and why do you do it? And why 30 books? Hit me. Uh, so it's called 30 Books because a, uh, Anthony Yark, who is a writer and a bit of institution here in Melbourne, I'm being very Melbourneite, a lot of people have attended his writing masterclasses and I'm one of those people, and he was talking about, look, I don't know the exact, I can't do the maths on this, but he was, he, they had, him and some friends had worked out that if everybody, if people brought bought on average 30 Australian books per year, mm-hmm. the Australian publishing industry would flourish and we wow. could support our Australian writers. I love that. So, and then one day I had been thinking for a while because I am a broadcaster as well and I used to work quite closely with writers once upon a time and then I thought, oh, I know, I'll do a YouTube channel and I will review books. 30 books a year, that, that's not that many, okay? It's not even no, one a week. No, yes. yes and you could buy right. some and as it's gifts. actually less than a cup of coffee. Right, that's interesting if you divide if it you up. stop buying coffee. Okay. But also now, I mean, and most people read more than 30 books and I was buying 30 books and, you know, there's some that mm. I just. But you I give books as gifts as well, and you buy books for children. So you could do 30 pretty easily without breaking the budget, right? Well, see, the interesting thing is when you've got, which you would know, when you've got kids, you tend to buy books for your kids more than yourself. Mm. So I have now included going to the library because, as we know, libraries in Australia, we have public lending rights. Yes. But I'm also very much for, you know, also going to the op shop and getting some Australian books in a roundabout weird way that supports our Australian writers as well. Mm. It's important to support our Australian writers, I think. We've just got such a great calibre of authors in this country and I just love celebrating them because, you know, as you would know, literature has been a huge influence in our lives throughout time and I don't know about you but it's given me comfort it's given me joy it's made me learn things made me reflect on my life what about you what has books given you uh that's a beautiful way of putting it I think it's um insight I would say and all of that I've been thoroughly entertained by books it gives has given me insight has given me comfort times has given me something to do I remember reading you know when you're a teenager and you read a book and it's like kind of coming home mm. almost in highly relatable um and that's what I, and it made me feel like I was good at something oh I love that I used to have a bit of a reading problem when I was a very young child and then we had a very English teacher called Mrs. Harvey Roberts. And I was only in grade one or two, grade two. I still couldn't read. Um, and I had to go into this remedial class and we recited a poem over and over again. It was something about a little pony and riding him through the mire. I mean, 
what West Australian kid knows about little ponies in Maya? I don't know. And I loved Mrs. Harvey Roberts and she loved me. And I, for some reason, I could pick up. I just learned to read. I loved it. I was good at it. She was really pleased with me. I was her pet. And then Aww. I just fell in love with reading. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I know, but I'm not saying that this is how, because I also understand that a lot of kids, you know, they have. I didn't have dyslexia. I didn't have a learning disability. Mm. I was just going through something where I found it difficult to that. read, but it worked for me. Also, we had we went from Enid Blyton to then because I have got three older sisters. My sisters all read. Um, so I went from Enid Blyton to kind of George Eliot, I think it was. Is it George Eliot? Yeah, Adam. Who wrote Adam Bede? Like we didn't have crossover books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sort of older and we didn't have that. Mm. And my parents read. Mm, that's important. Isn't Not it? to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just to themselves. But you know what? I, I read that because I wanted my kids to be readers and they're, they're seven and nine and they are readers. But I, I wanted them to be readers, but I didn't want to push it on them because I thought if you push it on them, they're going to hate it. So I read this thing where it said as long as you have your house full of books, which obviously I do, and you model reading, they're going to be readers. So I could actually just sit on the lounge and be really lazy and just read to myself. Obviously, I read to them as well. But I'm like, no, no, I'm modelling good reading habits. <laughs> but you know what? My son, both of them read, but my son, he just does not stop reading. We just went on a walk earlier and he said, can I bring my book on a walk? No, you can't bring your book on a walk. And I almost felt bad for saying that, but I felt like you should look at nature or something. So don't you think it can be a little bit addictive sometimes when, yeah, when you don't remember always having your head stuck in a book. I remember getting in trouble for having my head stuck in a book all the time. I don't want him to be in trouble for it because I like it, but I thought, well, maybe 20 minutes out in nature isn't a bad Brother Peter threw my book across the room in Brother um, Peter. Brother Peter in uh, Christian education one one Friday afternoon. I had picked up Power Without Glory, Frank Hardy's book, thinking I looked really intellectual. Mm, you do look and... intellectual. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went whizzing across the classroom. Oh, the worst thing that could happen to someone picking up your book and throwing it. It's terrible. Now, I had an interview with you and it was a lot of fun and you made me pick these weird questions out of a bag that were terrifying to answer. And I wasn't even prepared, Stella. So what's your interview style? I have a bit of a conversational interview style here. I, I giggle a lot, apparently. I don't mean to, but I just find everything hilarious. And then we also get real deep, you know, we'd scratch the surface and we talk about real deep things. So what is your interview style? Well, I'd like to say what you just said, but apparently I'm terrifying. Look, I... <laughs> no, your <laughs> question's in the bag. Your question's in the bag were terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've just recently introduced... Um, uh, the questions of terror or horror. I've got to think of an answer. So they're kind of questions like they're just random. Of course, I ask people, pitch book, mm. like pitch, give us a couple of lines, pitch your book. And then once I find out a little bit about that, they this is just new and they dip their hands in for the lucky dip of terror and it can be questions about do you suffer from literary jealousy 
um, you know, all the usual, why did you become a writer? Mm. Um, who is the biggest bastard in literature? That's the one I got. Who is the biggest, can I swear on this? I don't it. like this word, but, you know, the biggest cow perhaps. <laughs> That's and, the one I got. you know, the majority of people, when I say well, who's the biggest bastard, Heathcliff is up there. Oh, yes. So That's interesting. I can't look. Sometimes those questions, like they do reveal something else, but my interviews don't go for very long, mm-hmm. you know, 10 short minutes maximum. Snappy. Yeah, short and snappy. And hopefully they reveal, you know, they're enough for people to get excited about their book and also maybe learn a little bit about writing mm. as well. Because oh, I love that. when I interviewed Lynn Yoward, she pretty much gave a masterclass yeah, Lynn, in writing. I love Lynn. Lynn's great. And I, I saw you were interviewing in Abby's bookshop in Sydney. I love Abby's bookshop. You guys are lucky, lucky, lucky. I know that Sydney and Melbourne's supposed to have a rivalry, but I'm a West Australian at heart, so I don't get that. Like, no, I we love rivalry. Melbourne in but Sydney. Abby's bookstore is pretty special. We have fantastic bookstore. Look, every city has great bookstore. Every, mm-hmm. but Abby's, wow, that's something else, isn't it? It's is something else, isn't it? Mm, it's very it used cool. to have its own sock. Science fiction and fantasy yeah, books. It's huge. Now it's got Crime Alley. I love Crime Alley. Oh, Crime Alley. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I was in Crime Alley and I mm. interviewed Mark Brandy. I want to know what people would like, non-writers would like to know about from writers. Mm. Who the hell do you think you are? Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You can ask example? all the controversial questions, Stella. <laughs> I can. Have you, yeah. have, have you had a fangirl moment? I would like to say I'm a bit too old to be a fangirl. You're never thing, too old to be a fangirl, no, I, Stella. Of course, I, I have fangirl moments. Yeah, I have. Cool. I have. I absolutely have. But I haven't actually, because of COVID, I like to do my interviews in person. So I haven't had an opportunity mm-hmm. to have You've been intimidated by someone. You've gone, oh, this is a scary interview because this person's so amazing. No. Well, why are you so confident? No. I mean, yeah. I, always, I always get a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. I always get, but uh, I haven't been intimidated as yet. Like I have been, I, I have done panels at the uh, Perth Writers' Festival, the Melbourne Writers' Festival, um, lots of different, and I'm sure I have been semi-intimidated but something takes over yeah it does I think it's I'm not a always a confident person but something takes over a little Mm, bit when I think it has to it's that performative thing isn't it yeah and you just I think you should get nervous because that gives you a different sort of energy so I think nerves is important as long as nerves doesn't you know stop stop you from doing what you're meant to be doing. But then it just clicks in your head and you go like, no, I just have to do this. That was the same at the Bad Crime Festival when I was doing a paddle. I looked at the auditorium and went, oh, no, this is really scary. Yeah, I think if I had to do a longer, more serious, like if I interviewed like Charlotte Wood or um, Sarah Crest, she wrote The Believers, Sarah Crestenstein. Mm-hmm her i'm mispronouncing her name i because i loved that book so much i think i would get Mm. a little bit intimidated Mm. i think but something does take over because i've had moments where i couldn't even press 
you know, answer or, you know, the zoom call, cause I was very nervous, so nervous, but then you're just going to, you have to do this and then you do it. And then something takes over. Who was you're, looking, it? you're looking at me like, who was it? I want the goss. Who, yeah, who? Can you, can you guess Australian writer? Nice. Yes. I could. Is that, I could Australian, is that all I guess? Australian, Australian writer. Um, he was in the most um, like influential writers in the in some Peter Carey. New York magazine. Bum bum. You get three guesses. Uh, lives in Melbourne. Um, just ventured into children's books, but was um, an adult author and has that his 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 books have been turned into films and miniseries. Elliot Perlman. Perlman, you love Elliot Perlman. I do love Seven Elliot. types of ambiguity. Did I meet I, you like for 10 seconds and start telling you about my favourite book? Yes, and I, I am going to read that book now. You should, and yeah. then we'll chat about it. We could have a little book club. Yeah a little book club podcast episode and talk about that book. I just love it. I love his writing. I love his thoughtfulness in his writing. And so much of that book just spoke to me, just like little one-liners just spoke to me so much. And the way he just puts words together and you think, oh, wow, like I, I thought that, but I didn't think that in that way. And so when I had to interview him, um, I nearly couldn't press the Zoom call because I go, oh, my God, I can't do this. <laughs> it's too much. And I did. And obviously he was lovely. And then, you know, we met. Um, a few times and had coffees and whatever, you know, we, uh, I don't know if he'd call me a friend, probably not, <laughs> but we have, you know, we have sort of met each other in the real life and um, he's a lovely man, but it's just very intimidating because, you know, when you love someone's work so much and you love their words and you think their words speak to you so much, then you have to talk to them. It was just a bit much for me, Stella. When you were talking about those moments that you feel when you're reading someone's work, do you think they, I'm just going to take over here and do the question. Please do. Do you think they happen, they, they get rarer as you get older or if you read too much? When you read or, too much, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I love books, don't get me wrong, and I love Australian authors, but I feel like the more you read, the more discerning you become and the less surprised you are. So then when you pick up a book and you go, oh, that was good, cool. But then you pick up a book and you are surprised and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming or the writing is beautiful or I've never looked at the world in that way. And this year for me, I'm going to flick you a few names of books that did that for me and I'm probably going to forget some, but I think there are two or three that really stand out for me was Paul Cleave, um, all of his work actually, but his new one, The Quiet People, he just writes in such a magical way that I just love his work so much. And uh, Will Dean. But, yeah, I just love books that you can pick up and you're like, oh, you can still be surprised by books. So that's special, I think. So uh, because for the last two years, so I'm, I'm sort of devoted to Australian books, for the first time in two years I actually read a non-Australian book and I was mm -hmm. a little bit, like you, I read Amor Tao's Lincoln Highway, oh. and I absolutely loved it. And I was surprised by it um, because one, uh, and it was that because it was so not Australian. Oh right, it yeah. had that quintessential American feel about it. You know, they talk about like the big American mm. writers. Something a bit and, different. Mm. Yeah, and um, 
and the depiction of female characters, look, I totally get that. I totally, look, I'm a feminist. I totally see, yep, I hear where you're coming from. They're kind of cliche. You had, you know, big-hearted sex workers. Um, they had a girl that wanted to get married and a very motherly figure. Like they had these three women. They were all, you know, stereotypes from this magnificent American writer. He could have done better. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It was so good to after all this stuff, yeah. which actually shows you how, for me, there is something quintessentially Australian about Australian yeah. writing. And it's okay. It's not cheating, Stella. You're allowed to read books from other countries. I read S.A. Cosby this year and, oh, my goodness, that was brilliant. I'm not a car person, right? If you're going to show off about your car, just like I hope it's a food <laughs> truck, right? Please be a food truck that sells me tacos. That's when I'll be impressed. He made car chases sexy, Stella. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how. Who is this person? S.A. Cosby is an American writer and mm -hmm. he just writes these beautifully authentic, fast-paced crime thrillers. And I read it in probably two days and I was like, why do I think this car chase is sexy? I don't care about cars. But he did. He did a great job. So, yeah, that's another one to put on your list. Absolutely. Mm. My plans then, now that I'm kind of, you know, back reading from non-Australian writers, I'm actually for my plan is to read all of Barbara Pym's books. Oh. Are you familiar with Barbara Pym? I am not. Should I be? Well, Barbara, it depends. She uh, is no longer with us. I think she died. Oh, look, it could be, I don't know when, it could be this 70s that she died or the early 80s she was she very underrated Philip Larkin thought she was one of the most underrated English writers and people who are familiar with Barbara Pym are hearing this and going yes yes somebody's grandmother is probably hearing this <laughs> she writes they're called social comedies oh. they're very slight books and there's a lot of spinsters and vicars oh. and they're set in English villages and they are delightful wow it's sometimes cool to be transported into different times i like yes. that too yeah and i'm, I'm, I'm currently listening to the audio books which were probably made in wow. 1978 and wow. they are so english oh wow they are just <laughs> so it really amazing. puts you in the zone i've got to say i haven't read austin in a while but i'm a sucker for austin right and whenever i read jane austen it takes me about three chapters to get back in the world but when i'm in the world Oh, wow, I'm in the world and I'm in the drawing room and I'm playing the piano and I'm going in a carriage. I'm going for long walks in the grass. Oh, having a so turn around the garden. Having a turn around the garden. and I'm. Who do you like? Who, that's the other question. So who do you like? Who are, you, who are your top fella picks oh, in, um, non in fiction? In fiction. Jane Austen. Oh, look, I'm going to have to go. I like Mr Bingley. <laughs> what about what Colonel Colonel Fitzwallop, what's his name? <laughs> Colonel in Sense and Sensibility. Alan Rickman played him. Yeah, in, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think Mr. Darcy. I mean, okay, so Mr. Darcy, you know, he's in two camps. A bit arrogant, but you know, oh, look, he's got the goods on. to back it up, right? I know. So I hate to say <laughs> Mr. Darcy because it's such a cliche. So I do like Mr. Bingley. I think he's kind of fun. So I like the fun, sort of fun dude, but. I'm going to say something controversial. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Can we back what? that up a bit? Okay. Mr. Darcy, fun. No, Mr. Bingley. Mr. Bingley's oh, fun. Oh, sorry. Take yeah. that back. 
Thank Mr. You. Bingley is fun. Mr. Darcy. Okay, he's only sexy because I. Okay, here's something controversial. Everyone loves Colin Firth. No, not Colin. Is Colin Firth? Yeah, yeah. Colin Firth, right? Yeah. I don't not love him, but oh my goodness, Matthew McFadden, who plays Mr. Darcy in the Kira Knightley version, he is like the best Mr. Darcy. And people are going to hate me for saying this. Wow, you are controversial. Oh, I know he is just the perfect human in that movie. Sorry, Colin Firth lovers. <laughs> what do you think? I bet you're a Colin Firth lover. Ah, uh, yeah. I have to. Oh, well, I thought when, when I look at um, what's that fella's name again? Matthew McFadden. Um, Did you Fadden see Matthew McFadden in that puffy white shirt when he came out of the yeah, lake? Yes, yeah, striding oh. through the mist and that Come sort of on. thing. But you Come know, on. young enough to be my son. Okay. So I'm a bit, no, that just feels a bit weird. Possibly right. not young enough to be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that whole movie though, that version kind of through me because I thought Donald Donald Sutherland they kind of <laughs> modern the parents up a bit. Everyone hates that version except for me. I think I'm the only one who loves love that no but Matthew McFadden. <laughs> now it's a good version. And you know they had Rosamund Pike mm. as mm. uh what's Lizzie's sister Lizzie? No not yeah Lizzie. Elizabeth Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I know. I think it's glorious. I I may have rewatched it late one night in bed because I don't sleep very much. I'm like, what should I do? I know I'm going to watch Pride and Prejudice on my laptop, and I'm going to watch the Matthew McFadden version. It was well. We're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about the Little Women now. When I was a girl, I reckon I have read Little Women at least 150 times. <laughs> wow, I love that so much. And all of the movies I absolutely love. But the Greta Gerwig version, phenomenal. I mm. adored it. And I thought Florence Pugh as Amy rocked. And I love I love the Winona Ryder one mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. yeah. the Amy, the actress. I've yeah, yeah. the name in that one. I thought she was excellent. There's an interesting series of that which is a bit, it's a bit glum. It's not quite as joyous. Okay, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's the same yeah. as um, Romeo and Juliet. I mean, of course, the Leo version. He's stunning and he's beautiful. Great actor and Claire Dane. She's just a delight. But then I watched Zeffirelli when I was a very young girl with my mum. Yeah. Oh, are they not the perfect Romeo and Juliet? And they're fourteen. They're so oh. young. But they you are can't just get twenty year olds to play fourteen. But they are just beautiful, don't you think? They are the most beautiful Romeo and Juliet. So I think if you've seen the Leo one, definitely watch that cool great fish tank scene, cool fight scenes, all that stuff, and you can actually understand the language. I think because they deliver it so well. But please just watch Zeffirelli because it is like food for your eyes. It is beautiful. Can I talk about what books I'm currently reading? You can talk about whatever you want, Stella. Two non-fiction books. I'm reading Charlotte, and uh, this is a great one for all the uh, non-writers or for all the writers. Stella's just going right through her drawers, making a good old racket in her room. Charlotte Wood, Voluminous oh. Solution, Creativity, Resilience and Inner Life. It's beautiful. really beautiful. And I've waited, I think it was about time uh, there was a similar Australian book. So if people have read Elizabeth Gilbert's book on mm -hmm. creativity, mm -hmm. 
This one is similar but better. Oh, wow, okay. Very, and she is, what I really liked about it is that she talks about, I mean, she is an advanced writer and she talks about, you know, the need for writers to still get together Mm -hmm. and to keep learning about writing. Mm, I love that. And it's the, it's a beautiful book to dip in and out of. Delightful. I loved it. And the other book that I'm reading is Harry, by Harry Sadler and it's called Questions Raised by Qualls. Ooh, that's interesting. I love, love, love I, look, I love fiction but I love non-fiction. Guess what I'm about to start reading? The Torrent by Danuka McKenzie, who we also <gasps> met at the bad crime. Who won the banjo? Oh, I know she's a glorious human, and I'm about to read that, so I'm super excited because I love how she won the banjo, and she's got all these book deals, and she's just such a lovely human. So I'm really he looking forward. Gorgeous. Yeah, I love Tanuka. So I am looking forward to reading that because um, I'm going to start doing a best of series for the year over January. I'm going to try not to interview anyone for a few weeks. Um, it's going to be hard, Stella, because I'm a bit addicted to doing this. But I'm going to try my hardest to have a little break and put out a best of series of the most listened to episodes throughout the year over the next few weeks. So this will be our last weekend of interviews. Mm-hmm for this year of course maybe probably most likely (laughs) make no promises (laughs) Stella yes I love talking to you oh thank you I feel like we have actually been friends for two weeks but I feel like (laughs) I've known you for a lot longer (laughs) we can move on to the next step of our relationship I think so I think so now can I very quickly if I've got time so you were saying before like my writing I actually I do write and Mm -hmm. I have written a manuscript which I am currently trying and it's comedy it's fiction and it's about a young widow who recently a woman recently widowed around the age of 30 and she has to go and uh, for all sorts of reasons she is put in charge for caring for her widowed Olma, her grandmother. Mm. There's a lot of Dutch widows, a lot of cheese and Dutch widows. I call it, it's a book about grief, grandmothers and Gouda. Oh, I have Dutch background. That's why we like each other so much because we're both Grotekarskops. Oh, something Karskops, big cheese heads. Yes. <laughs> so I get the Gouda reference. I've been to Holland. I my relatives still live over there, and I do hear that Dutch people have a directness about them. So do you think that's true? Oh. Or is that a complete yeah. stereotype? <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the 1950s, like my mother, who was kind of racially, because she didn't understand a word of English, like she was racially abused a few times, you know, she thought Australians were really polite. Oh, interesting. She said in Holland they just push out, push out mm. away. Mm. Australians are really polite. Mm. So that's kind of saying something. Well, interesting. Yeah, no, my my family have always been very direct. I thought it was just my family who just told no. you how it was and how it is and don't mind your feelings. <laughs> and I have a little bit of that, but I, I try to be a little bit more sensitive. I don't know if I succeed. Um, and I love that because I would much rather someone tell you how it is than 
not and you have to guess and all that kind of stuff so i love it i just don't know if everybody else loves it some of my friends might think i'm a bit direct but then they always come to me for honest opinions stella oh look i get this all the time i used to tell yeah i'm right? very dumb people yeah. would say i'm direct i think you're awesome and i think we got along like amazingly in the first second i think it was rwr who introduced us wasn't it he gets a lot of mentions, I've noticed. He gets talked about on my channel an awful lot. It introduces and we had a great conversation. <laughs> Which and I'm looking not... to his, forward to his third Nancy book. Oh, I love the Nancys, absolutely. So we'll all have to have another little reunion. Maybe I'll come down to Melbourne. Yes. And we can have a long lunch and turn that into a long dinner and then we can just, you know, do all that stuff. What do people do when they go out? I forget karaoke what's your karaoke go-to song before we go i don't have one oh. i don't i am more of a dancer okay so you 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 suggested karaoke and yet you were going to get up and dance i don't know if i suggested karaoke i think you I did that's what people do <laughs> oh, right. I thought it was if a you've ever heard me sing you would but look i love to sing don't get me wrong but <laughs> You know, Islands in the Stream is always a good Ooh, one. Oh, Island in the Stream, yeah. I could do it. I'm fond of a duet. Maybe we could do um, like a Cher and Sunny kind of duet. Like I got I've you, got babe. You. Do you want to be Sunny or Cher? I've got 30 books, babe. I don't mind. If I've you got words in babe. Or Cher. Maybe I've got the Cher hair. Yeah, you've got the Cher. I've got the Sunny Bono not behind. <laughs> sunny Bono. I think you're more Sunny Bono and I'm Cher. I think so too. So we'll do that. I'll sing the man part. Because I'm quite a bit taller than you. I'm just very small. You are. You're a little <laughs> one and I'm tall. I'm Dutch tall. <laughs> about Sunny and Cher? My dad is a musician and so I grew up with all sorts of cool music, Led Zeppelin and Sonny and Cher and all the cool music. So I grew up with all of that. Deep Purple. What's your, what's, what about the Captain and Tennille? I've always had a bit of a thing for Captain and Tennille. Okay, that might no, be a bit you've lost beyond. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll Google it in a minute. They're kind of, they're kind of the B grade. Okay, you got that. me, Stella. You got me. You got me. Right, I'm sending you a link to the Ooh. Captain do it send me a link and i'll watch it and i'll give you my opinion yeah which probably isn't worth much because i've just heard of them um stella always a pleasure speaking to you i love that we just clicked and got on really well we love books um i love seeing you at the sydney bad writers festival where we were just able to mix with all the people that we enjoy hanging out with and reading their books and i love your youtube channel and you can catch your youtube channel on youtube uh stella glory you will find a whole host of interviews snappy short funny and uh, a little bit terrifying with a little bag of terror. So check them out. I'm on Instagram. It's Glory, G-L-O-R-I-E, or my YouTube channel, 30 Books, which is T-H-I-R-T-Y. Get on there. Get on there. Danny, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I think you're fantastic. We all think you're fantastic. (laughs) Have a relaxing holiday period. You too. I don't know how to relax, but I'm going to give it a crack. We'll see how we go. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe.
and read more books.